Joe, you know, this being the last, uh, the, the last practice of minicamp, last time you'll see these guys for about six weeks. Um, we know that no news is good news, you know, in the NFL, you know, during that time period. What's your message, you know, to the team as, as, you, as you send them off here for a few weeks? Well, look, there's going to be a lot of things we talk about today, you know, logistically, getting ready for camp. You know, look, generally speaking, uh, we're going to talk to the team about training, being in shape, making the right decisions off the field. Look, there's a lot of resources in this building. You know, it's important for us to stay connected throughout the summer. When they need something, we're always available. Uh, generally, that's the message. We'll meet individually with our players by position, find out what their plans for the summer are. We'll close out in terms of, you know, summer goals, training camp goals, things of that nature with our players. But, you know, in terms of it, there's a lot of logistics to close out. This won't be the last time we see everybody. Uh, we'll still have OTAs next week on Monday and Tuesday, uh, and we'll be able to meet, you know, extensively with some of the guys that'll be here as well. Hey Joe, um, another Brown said uh, yesterday that you guys are going to be doing joint practices with them in the preseason. I know there's been some talk about the Patriots maybe to it. What, what's the kind of thought process there in terms of uh, doing those joint practices in the in the in the fall? Yeah, look, I'm a big fan of them. I think it's a great time to get your team in training camps, kind of break the monotony get some competition against, you know, a friendly opponent uh, in both programs, the Browns and the Patriots. Uh, look, I've got good relationships with both coaches, know them both for, you know, some sustained period of time. Uh, in all of our conversations, I think one of the things you try to find in this is not only teams that are, you know, obviously schematically going to help you with some of the things that you're going to see throughout the season, but most importantly, you want to make sure you go out there and you have a good quality practice. The guys are going to compete. You want to make sure you keep between the lines. The guys are, you know, not playing dirty or doing anything outside of whistle. So it's important to make sure you know the coaches, you know the type of program you're going against. So I think it's great for the team. Look, it helps you get exposure to different schemes you may not see from your own team in training camp outside of having to draw cards or on scout teams. Um, it's actually a way to really take something off your players at a certain time. You kind of ramp them up and build them the first few weeks of training camp. And then when you go ahead and you do a cooperative practice with another team, you got to figure it's no longer the offense is always going, the defense is always going. When our offense is on the field, our defense is on the sideline, making adjustments, resting, talking to coaches, and then vice versa. So it actually breaks it up a little bit for them right there. Is uh, the Patriots one is actually going to be in New England? I know that's what uh, the talk had been. You know, we've talked about that, and that's the plan right now. Uh, there's some things that aren't finalized completely for training camp, but the thought process behind that is, you know, look, it's an opportunity to get our team on the road through training camp, stay together. But then also, you know, with the change in the preseason schedule, you know, both organizations thought it would be a good idea to be able to exchange a little bit year by year. And that way the fans have two exposures, you know, to really deal with each team. You know, we've got, you know, two home games this year. We're fortunate. Uh, New England's got the one next year it'll flip, but this will give us an opportunity, especially when we have fans for fans to see our team exposed again against another opponent. Thanks. Doug. Hey Joe, I got kind of a philosophical question. Uh, in the offseason, there's always a lot of talk about young guys making a jump, whether it's year one to year two, year, year two to year three. But obviously not every young guy does. So, like, from your experience, what, what makes the guy make that jump and why do some guys not make it? Well, that's a pretty broad question. That's a good question. It's pretty broad right there. Um, look, everybody's on their own, you know, everyone's unique. So every situation is completely different. You know, I can't give you a blanket statement as to one, why one guy does and why another one does not. You know, I always look at it from ownership, from the coaching standpoint. We've got to make sure that we put those players in a position to play their strengths and then they have responsibility to go out there and execute. Um, look, I don't try to measure everything in terms of year one to year two, these jumps. We're always just looking for our players to improve on a regular basis consistently and then execute better than they did the year before, the game before, you know, and make sure we're always stringing in the right direction. Uh, it's a pretty broad question, Dan. 
Um, I can't really sum that up in one deal. I think we have to talk more about specifics of people. Um, but, you know, in just general regards, I mean, look, I try to keep it back on the coaching, just keep pushing our players, develop them day in, day out, and just tell the players to come in every day and work their hardest. Jordan. Hey, Jim. Hey, Curious, uh, do you have anything on where, like, Kyle Rudolph is in his rehab or maybe where we haven't seen Ryan Anderson or Cam Brown? Yeah, look, all three of those guys are, are working on different things right now. Kyle's making progress every day. This guy works really, really hard. Uh, you can tell he's a vet. He's got a lot of experience. He knows his body very well. You know, he's in there. He's opening up the door with the coaches every morning, bright and early. He's an early morning guy. But, you know, Kyle's done a great job for us in terms of the classroom, everything he can do. He's doing a great job right now with our medical staff, you know, getting ready to get back on the field as soon as he can. Uh, we'll have to see what kind of ground he makes up in these next few weeks leading the training camp. And then, again, like all of our players, we won't put him on the field until we know he's fully ready to go out there and play 100%. Is there, any, is there any timeline on those guys? Like, do you expect to have them all at some point during training camp or any of them long term? You know, look, I couldn't really answer that question right now, Jordan, until we see what the next four or five weeks bring for us with these guys. We'll see the progress they make. I mean, they've all got their own individual issues. Um, you know, Kyle's obviously had the offseason surgery. We're going to have to check with the doctors and see where they feel he is at a certain point. But again, I mean, in terms of the rehab of where he's going to be, we got to make sure that he can build in conditioning and football movement, not just be pain free or make sure he's structurally safe. Robert. Joe, you had a highly unusual first season as a head coach in the NFL. I'm just curious to see what you feel you need to do differently, better, um, as well as last year and what your thoughts are for you moving forward as to what it will take to, to get better. Yeah, look, personally, I've, you know, look, I'm a pretty harsh critic on myself. You know, I go through every day, and the first thing I do is make notes after every practice of things that I feel I could do better. You know, after every game, it's the same story. Uh, I communicate openly with our coaching staff and players every day in terms of what we have to do to get better. Uh, I'm very open in terms of what I think individuals have to do. I communicate that on a regular basis. You know, in terms of improving, to me, it always starts with eliminating the mistakes. And when you can identify what you've done wrong or poorly, what you have to improve on, eliminate those mistakes, you give yourself a chance for success. I know it sounds pretty you know, generic and broad right there, but that's what we're always looking to do. I go through time management. I go through timeouts. You know, I go through challenges. I go through situational football calls. I go through how we prepare. Do I, you know, am I making sure we have the best teaching progression on the field? Am I making sure the players are fully understanding this? Are we handling the time allotted for meetings you know, as efficiently as possible? So you know, I'm really trying to manage the time and efficiency the best I can for the team. But then internally, look, there's always a thousand things I'm looking to improve. Um, I've got my own checklist, uh, but look, I'm far from perfect, you know, and I know things that I've got to improve on and I'm always looking to eliminate things on that list. Just curious, I'm sorry for a follow, but anything that any of your people that you speak to coaches, um, has helped you and made you expect what will happen in year two? No, not tremendously. We, we haven't had a whole lot of talk of specifically year one to year two. I think every program is different. You know, we're going to be in a different place than other guys and other programs. Uh, I think, you know, having this spring and a normal training camp, you know, is going to help with the continuity and some of the chemistry of the team. And that's going to help us transfer, you know, some of the things onto the field. Uh, other than that, as far as year two, I mean, like every year is a new year. You know, my year one was different, but everyone in the NFL had a different year last year as well. So that's what the normal was last year. We operated as effectively as we could. And, you know, this year's a new year for all 32 teams as well. So we're all on the same playing ground right now. Thank you. We got, we got time for two more Schwartz, Pat Leonard Schwartz. Hey, Joe. Hey, Paul. 
Hey, um, I got two quick ones for you. Um, when you when you assign a guy in free agency a receiver and you draft one in the first round, you know, as a coach, do you go up to someone like Darius Slayton, who certainly could be affected by these moves, and explain it to him where he fits? You know, does it affect him? Doesn't it? Or do you just say, look, that's up to the player; he's got to figure it out. Well, I think there's a combination of both, but to answer your question specifically. You know, look, if there's an older, experienced vet player at a position and we draft a player there, I do talk to the players and let them know. Last year when we drafted Andrew Thomas, I had a conversation with Nate Solder on the phone, you know, nearly afterwards. Uh, today I talked to, or sorry, today, this year after the draft, I called Shep. You know, to me, it's important to understand that, you know, look, we're bringing players in to help this program, okay? And that, you know, the better each player plays, the more it helps each player on the team. So we don't look at any player in this program coming in you know, as a threat or a placement, we look to go ahead and breed competition in this program and the best players will play. But I do think there's merit to talking to your older veteran leaders on the team when you add someone at their position and just clarifying, you know, who you're bringing in and what an immediate plan for that player would be. Does this affect Darius? I mean, he's not an older veteran player, obviously. So that he's like in a different category, you would say? Well, I would say he's a veteran player going in, you know, he's not in his first year right here. So he's got skins on the game right there. Um, in terms of Darius, I mean, look, everyone's going to play to their strengths. You know, Darius and Tony, you know, will they be on the field at the same time, different times, different packages, different positions at times? Um, but I think everybody on the team affects the other by the way they work and how they produce. You know, in terms of specifically that position, you know, I felt it was necessary to talk to Shep specifically because when we drafted Tony, you know, the word in the press as he was reading those headlines was specifically – He's a slot receiver, which, look, that's we're not bringing someone in to just play one position. But I thought it was relevant at the time to contact Shep, you know, out of respect for how he is within our program and communicate that with him. Thanks, Joe. Last one here, Pat Leonard. Joe, two quick ones on Kadarius. Uh, what did you think of his practice yesterday? It seemed like he had a, a good full practice and, um, and handled a lot, both in special teams and offense pretty well. Yeah, I think he's getting better every day. Uh, one thing about him is we're trying to build in as much position flexibility with him. He's handling that very well right now from a mental standpoint. You know, I think like all of our players, the more we just get them on the field and football movements and the conditioning improves, the better they'll play. But he did enough stuff yesterday that we can build on. He did some things we had to correct and make sure that we can help him you know, do it more efficiently going forward. But I'm pleased with the progress he's making. Thanks. And um, have you, big picture-wise, have you talked to your team at all about you know, expectations for this year? Is that something you wait until training camp to talk about? You know, do you manage the expectations of what 2021 will be for you guys at all? Or is, is that you not pay attention to that noise and just focus on the day-to-day? -day? Look, I talk to my team all the time about expectations. But right now, this time of year, the expectations for them to come in, to get in shape, to do their job the best they can, to work as hard as they can, to pay attention, all right, and to make decisions that put the team first. That's it. Just simplify it right there. There's a lot of expectations externally. We can't do anything about that until we take care of the little things inside. So the expectations every day are to get improve at our job every day and put the team first.